This week in the United States, we celebrate Thanksgiving Day. Believe it or not, it's the country's second most popular holiday. It took me by surprise at first, but after thinking about it for a second, it wasn't hard to see why. Family, faith, food, football, parades, walks through the autumn woods, and many other traditions give people of all ages and backgrounds an opportunity to rest and enjoy our blessings. In today's episode, we'll take a dive into Thanksgiving lore, what it means to be thankful, and remember some of our own blessings from the past year. Things got a little bit controversial when the sweet potatoes hit the fan, but we were able to set aside our differences and have a wonderful conversation. It's time for a special Thanksgiving episode of Doorward Thinking. Welcome back, listeners. This is our fifth episode of Doorward Thinking. I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, and I'm back with my friends seeking better ways to think about life and work. Each week, we'll open a new door in our search for clarity as we continue to consider the intersections of art, science, and the human spirit. With me today in the St. Louis studio is good friend Stephen Eite. Welcome to the show, Steve. Appreciate it, Nate. Thanks for the introduction. You got it. Also in studio, Daniel Jacob Bison, a.k.a. Jake. Welcome to the show, Jake. Great to be here once again. And last but not least, from Cleveland, Ohio, Pete Costanzo and a special guest, his son, Leo. Welcome to the show, Pete and Leo. <laughs> Wait, was that for real? Was that you or was that? No. Is that high? Did I just hear high out of his mouth? That was like the closest high I've ever. Amazing. That was incredible. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Thank you. It's uh, <laughs> it's funny. We let you know last week we were just talking about <laughs> the whole fluid, be fluid, and work from home, and balance work and life. And I'm meeting these challenges head on tonight. Well, they grow up fast, don't they? they sure do. All right. Like well, weed. it's that time of year, listeners. Thanksgiving is upon us. That means family time and traditions and what I'm looking forward to is food. So does anybody have a favorite dish that they enjoy? So I might be the oddball out here, but um, yeah, sweet potatoes, marshmallow, sweet potatoes. Um, yes. Please and thank you. You guys are crazy. Mama, what? Bro. Mama Jacob Ison's sweet potato, apple cinnamons, all ensconced and wonderful, disgusting marshmallow blanket. You just said what? disgusting. It, the concept is disgusting. It tastes amazing, especially on sweet potatoes. I disagree. Pete, what, what's your take on sweet potatoes? I uh, I enjoy sweet potatoes, but it's not uh, it's not a deal breaker for me. I mean, I could I could have a Thanksgiving without the uh, the vat of sweet potatoes, but I know my my wife loves to have that the casserole with the the candied almonds i think on top not marshmallows so heroic detachment i hear pete it's amazing well okay just hear, hear me out hear me out i like sweet potato during the year and all kinds of other things so like sweet potato fries sweet potato chips baked sweet potato but for some reason on thanksgiving it's the mashed potato that is the king of potato dishes is it not I'm not going to pass it up with a little gravy. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't need to subtract from the potato experience, Nate. All I'm saying is think about the potato. You're talking about a tool that the British 
empire used to commit genocide on the Irish people, and you're saying you want that as part of your Thanksgiving experience. <laughs> no, no, listen, 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 okay. All I'm talking about is a great vehicle. Now, everybody's going to look at me like I'm a mad scientist right now. A great vehicle to mix with the other foods. The sweet potato has too much flavor, and you just can't do it. Not true. I disagree. Why not both, though? I mean, why not both? Well, then because, like, half of your plate is brown and white starch. I think we can all agree that the potato is a sign of hopelessness and that when you're making Thanksgiving leftovers and you have your Hawaiian roll and your spaghetti and your calamari and your potatoes with your leftover turkey and you put that together to make a slider, you've given up and Thanksgiving is over. <laughs> You know, honestly, I think my new favorite Thanksgiving food is a calzone called the Mayflower. Okay. It's got a healthy balance of everything. Tell us about the Mayflower calzone, Nate. The Mayflower calzone is, shout out to Sauce on the Side, by the way, great local calzone place. It's got everything that you want in Thanksgiving, except for sweet potatoes. I took those out of mine. What? You disfigured that masterpiece? And this is like that great scene in Princess Bride when it's like, I would sooner destroy a stained glass window. You're telling me you held or you took out the sweet potato? It just doesn't go with Thanksgiving for me. Dude. I'm taking a stand. I feel locus like there of are... control. Locus of control. Okay, but it's a I feel like thinking we've concept. been talking about fluidity and flexibility and adaptation. I would encourage he you. He adapted that sweet potato right out of there. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Steve. You know, I'm honestly surprised, Nate, that you would not want to include the sweet potato in your Thanksgiving, being that it's low on the glycemic index compared to a normal potato. So that's a little bit odd. I find that a bit hypocritical. So I think, uh, you know, we just need to practice gratitude for the sweet potato. Why don't you take your hypocritic oath there, former <laughs> medical student? All right, I'm on blast here, so we're going to move forward. <laughs> I should have done this transition when, when I was asked to talk about the Mayflower to our Thanksgiving story. Um, and I thought we would start today's real discussion with a history of this week's holiday. Turns out there's a lot more to Thanksgiving than the romanticized construction paper hats and feathered headband version that a lot of us were presented with as children. But the new knowledge gave the holiday a deeper meaning to me, so I thought it might be important to share. Most commonly, historians refer to the 1621 celebration of the fall harvest between the Wampanoag Nation and the Pilgrims on the Mayflower in Plymouth, Massachusetts, as the first Thanksgiving. The Pilgrims dropped anchor in the fall of 1620 around what's known today as Cape Cod, and the majority of the sailors remained on the ship through the winter. By the following spring, fewer than half the original voyagers were alive, having been decimated by scurvy, disease outbreaks, and exposure to the elements. While some of them ventured on land in the spring, they met Squanto, a member of the Patuxet tribe, who was once captured by previous explorers and sent to England before escaping and making his way back home on another voyage. Squanto taught the pilgrims how to survive in the New World, passing along skills of farming, hunting, finding resources, and ushering in a peaceful relationship with the Wampanoag. The leaders of both groups, Chief Massasoit and Governor William Bradford, organized a great celebration of the colonists' first successful corn harvest in November of that year. 
Edward Winslow, the Pilgrim's Chronicler, wrote, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together, after we had gathered the fruits of our labors. Amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us. Their greatest king, Massasoit, with some ninety men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was this time with us, yet, by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Days of Thanksgiving happened frequently once the colonies became better established, occurring several times per year. In 1789, the Continental Congress called for a National Day of Thanksgiving, during which George Washington issued a proclamation asking Americans to express gratitude for the successful ratification of the United States Constitution. John Adams and James Madison, as well as other early presidents, also called for National Days of Thanksgiving while in office. New York became the first state to formally adopt an annual Thanksgiving holiday in 1817, and a decade later, children's author Sarah Josepha Hale launched a campaign to establish a national Thanksgiving holiday. It was finally adopted in 1863 at the height of the Civil War by President Abraham Lincoln, who asked Americans to appeal to God to, quote, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife, and to, quote, heal the wounds of the nation. Lincoln's Thanksgiving was celebrated the last Thursday in November, and the day was kept until 1939, when FDR moved Thanksgiving up a week to spur sales in the Great Depression. He officially changed the date to the fourth Thursday in November in 1941, which was infamously known as Franksgiving, and the new date remains to this day. This history is not without its controversy, though. As other historians claim, other Thanksgiving meetings between Native peoples and explorers took place prior to the events of Plymouth. Other critics take issue with how the story is portrayed and popularized as a sunny and happy affair when the majority of interactions between colonists and the established peoples were often contentious and ended in bloodshed. But regardless of one's perspective, Thanksgiving is a national tradition that has given rise to customary meals, pomp and circumstance, cartoon specials, and an opportunity to gather with loved ones we might only see once a year. And it's not just in the United States. National Days of Thanksgiving to remember and reflect on all we enjoy, are blessed with, and the work that brings abundance are celebrated by countries on every continent except Antarctica. So, history aside, how does this story inspire you to think about the meaning and purpose of Thanksgiving and the feeling of gratitude? It is both inspiring and disappointing that there had to be so many calls for Thanksgiving. And let me cage that with like, okay, there are probably people being thankful without the national call or you know a, a call for a national day of Thanksgiving. On the other hand, I, th- I do think it's in- inspiring that these leaders used their position or uh, pedestal to invite uh, an attitude of gratitude. What I was uh, poking fun at you for earlier, Nate, <clears throat> you know, um, when I said practice gratitude, I was being serious, and it's odd to think that. We have like a singular defining moment once per year where we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to practice gratitude where it's highlighted. I think that just for me, it's something that we should really be thinking about every day, not just on one day of the year, but it's good that we carve out that piece of time to reflect 
and think about the things that we're thankful for. So there's some benefit to it, but I think we need to think about replicating that on a, on a daily basis. Do you think that sometimes it's hard in the rat race to really sit down and think about those blessings? You got to be intentional about it. It's not something that just always comes up. You got to be, it has to be something that's almost built into you, your life. It's a good thing to have it every, you know, once a year for sure. But again, like, like Pete was saying, having it every day, you know, or having it more frequently than just once a year, you want to be able to really constantly get in a state of thankfulness. Yeah, I think that intentionality piece is very important. We have so much vying for our attention all the time. It seems like we can open a new can of worms or Pandora's box in an endless variety of ways. So the time to really sit back and be intentional to reflect, super important for gratitude. For sure. Something we experience in the startup game is that it can be easy to focus on the things that aren't happening with the delays, the falls, the mistakes, However, that mindset, <laughs> I'm talking so slow, it's that, the, man, there's a lot of turkey in there, wasn't there? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of tryptophan. All right, here we go. One thing we see in the startup game is that it can be easy to fall into the trap of focusing on the things that didn't happen, but that precludes the good things, the things that happened that you didn't expect, the development that went a lot faster, the thing that came out of nowhere that you weren't expecting, which happens a lot, but if you're focusing on the negative side of things, you miss the opportunity to be grateful for all those good things. So I do think, to your point of intentionality, that it is important to t take that moment, to kind of have that practice, it, even part of you know the daily, weekly routine. Otherwise, how are you going to keep going? So something I've thought about lately in preparing for this episode specifically are the important components of what it means to be thankful. And I think chief among them are memory. And there's also a notion of an inherent goodness. So being thankful requires comparison to some reality we've experienced or a concept of how things were or are. In other words, either some distinct point in our experience was better than it is now and we're thankful for that past state or what we have now is better than it had been at one point, either in reality or in concept. As an example of thankfulness from a direct perspective, I needed knee surgery once, and I remember how painful my knee was and how limited I was physically. So I'm thankful for my recovery team and that I can use my knee to be physically active again. On a more conceptual side, I know, for instance, that some people have experienced the difficulty of living in a war-ravaged country. And although I'm deeply moved for these people, hear their stories, see the strife on the news, and, and I desire true healing for them, I still can't fully understand their experience because I haven't lived through it like they have. So I'm thankful that we have a relatively peaceful land that I wish to protect. So thinking about gratitude and being thankful what are your thoughts on this inherent understanding of goodness that we have as human beings? You talk about inherent goodness, and I think the foundation of that is humility. Humility, not the self-deprecation connotation that we sometimes have with that word, but the ability to see things as they really are. And, and with that, when we have that humility to see the inherent goodness 
in ourselves or in others or in, in anything that we have received, that springs forth in this attitude of thanksgiving. I like the, the idea of humility that one of our board members gave, which is, you know, sometimes you're going to think that you're better than you are, and sometimes you're going to think that you're worse than you are. And the important thing is just to keep on going doorward. Dan, can it be kind of hard to deal with, you know, thinking that you're you're worse than you actually are? Can it be hard to be there? Yeah, I mean, uh, right, if you're, you're kind of painting, you know, thinking... You're kind of thinking about yourself in a negative light, right? If you're thinking you're worse than you actually are. Obviously, it's not a good situation. His point is not that you should try to stay there, but that that feeling is is not accurate, right? If you think that you are worse than you actually are, you have to start thinking better of yourself, right? Or you have to realize that those feelings of incompetence, failure, or depression should not dictate your mode of action. They should not lead you to say, I'm stopping, or I am quitting, or I am giving up. No, you, you keep on going. Yeah, that's very common in medical training. And a lot of my friends have those thoughts and those feelings about themselves. And that's just because there's so much information and so much to learn and to do. We always tend to see ourselves at the bottom of the mountain. Uh, the more we know, the more we learn, the more we realize that we don't understand. And so it can be very easy to put yourself down. But one of the great pieces of advice we were given very frequently was that we're here for a reason and we were chosen for this. So even though it feels bad, even though it feels like you're not making any headway and that you're failing... You still are learning. And now my friends who have gone through, they're, they're halfway through their fourth year, and they are being courted by some wonderful institutions to go to residency. And when I hear about some of the programs that my friends are interviewing with, I am so excited and happy for them. Three years ago, in the midst of dark nights in the anatomy lab, Nobody was thinking that they would be where they are today because we had so much of the mountain left to climb, and now they're there. So even though I'm not going through that process with them anymore, that is a wonderful example of just trusting the process and being who you are. Now they're thankful for the time that they spent, all of the hard work and the hours, but also the men and women that they've become. That's awesome, man. There's a physical therapist in Cleveland who has basically taught me everything I know. And one thing that he puts at the bottom of his email signature speaks exactly to this point, which is sometimes that we give up because we look at how far we have to go instead of considering how far we've come. To Dan's point, or rather the uh, his physical therapist buddy, in Cleveland, that's something that we often overlook is the journey, right? And just being thankful that we get to participate in it. We're always seeking the the end, but we forget to be grateful for all of the moments in between to get us to what we what we think is the end, the end goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. That uh, reminds me of this idea that the universe was created in this state of journeying. And I think that really fits in with the motif of the holiday, because oftentimes the holiday has this 
the sense of being grateful for for nature, for creation, for all the all the things around us, right? That you know we weren't responsible for, and 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 this idea is so encouraging because the journey doesn't mean that there's not trips or falls. In fact, actually, those things can can actually indicate that we are actually on a journey at all, and and that's something to be very grateful for. Being on this journey, there are going to be those hiccups, Dan, and really embracing the suck of those and being thankful for those because without those, you have no clue where you would be. Without those sucky times, without those, you know, pivots that, you know, were bad in your life, you wouldn't be where you are today. They made you who you are. They are a piece of you. You got to embrace the suck. Got to embrace the sweet potato. I don't know about that. Now, it wouldn't be Thanksgiving without going around the table and saying what each of us are thankful for this year, so... Jake, we'll start with you. Wow, what a year. I can't believe, first of all, that it's already end of November. It's shocking. Uh, there's so much to be thankful for. I really just got to say I'm thankful for all the opportunities, especially you guys getting to be here in the studio with you uh, You know, as part of this journey. It's pretty incredible. Pete? Well, you know what I'm going to say. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for the opportunity to start a family and grow in love. And I'm also equally as thankful for the opportunities that uh, presented themselves this year in the form of alternative career paths and being part of a very cool, forward-minded team that's looking to reshape how we think about life. Couldn't be more grateful. Beautifully said, Pete. What I am grateful for, Nate, is the people and the space around me that all my friends give to be who I am and really fill that space of who I was meant to be and who I was created to be. And I'm so grateful for all those people who have provided that space for me. Yeah, I'd like to echo that specifically when I told my parents and friends that I was going to be leaving school. I didn't know what kind of reaction I would get. But even even though they were concerned, even though they didn't know exactly how things would turn out, they still supported me. And there are a couple friends in particular who said, even though you're not in our class anymore, you've gone through so much with us, you're still with us, and you being a physician or not has no bearing on who you are as a person and what you can contribute to society. So I'm just grateful for all of those people through this transition, really giving me a lot of confidence in moving forward. That's awesome. I think we'd be remiss not to thank Sanka, our amazing technician here at Shock City. She's always doing a great job for us. We're also extremely thankful for you, dear listeners, for your support of the show, for your contributions, and for the feedback we've received. Each and every interaction with you helps us deliver the content you care about. As we grow, we'd love to have many more of you contribute to our great conversation. Send your input to podcast at doorward.com. And of course, we read and respond to every comment and question. Please like, share, and subscribe to Doorward Thinking to hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you can't wait, there's more great Doorward Thinking content from the whole team on the Doorward Thinking blog at doorward.com slash doorwardthinking. If you or someone you know is interested in Doorward, please visit or recommend doorward.com and check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us for our next episode in two weeks, The Over-Accommodation Culture. We'll be welcoming our first guest, friend of the show, Nick Eberhardt, to talk about the imbalance of accommodating others and his career of physical therapy. 
Until next time, I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, reminding you that sweet potatoes have no place on your Thanksgiving plate. Have a wonderful holiday. I hope you can all take the time to show each other gratitude and to get back to living together. Great sign off. I was going to say, Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Get your mashed potatoes out of here.